Hello and welcome back to the Rearview podcast. It's finally here. The 2021 season has arrived and we are away in Bahrain. Uh, and I, of course, I'm joined today by the wonderful Mr. Reese Keeble. Hello, Reese. Hello. Hi. Hello. Um, unfortunately, Ruth isn't here today. I know we're both so sad about Woo-hoo! that. Um, she's a working gal now, so uh, we'll unfortunately not be able to be in every single episode, but we're going to try and get her in as much as we can. Because obviously it's nice to have a little third voice to ignore Reese's ranting all the time. Reese's done something good where she's worked out how to be a full-time student and have a job. Whereas me and you <laughs> haven't quite managed to do that yet. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. We live on the student <laughs> loan. You know, that's how we like to do it. Yeah, yeah. That's comfortable. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> anyway, let's jump straight into it because we've got a nice little episode coming up today where we're going to be talking all things Drive to Survive Season 3. So if you've not seen it... Uh, you might want to skip ahead a little bit because we are going to be talking about some spoilers uh, in that. Um, and we're also going to be making our season predictions coming out of testing that obviously happened. Uh, not last weekend, the weekend beforehand. And obviously the big thing, we're going to be making our predictions coming into the first Grand Prix of the season this weekend in Bahrain. Can you believe it, Reese? It's we finally keep... here. See, we keep saying we're going to be looking at our predictions, but really we just get what Ted says. And yeah. this should be called Ted Kravis's opinion recorded again. <laughs> not as catchy the re-recording of the still. notebook <laughs> yes notebook part two yeah. also I've got some nice pictures in the background I'm pointing to my background now I know you nice, can't see me nice, Tom nice. but um, they're, they're, that's um, a McLaren uh, chasing a Ferrari you can't really see the Ferrari it's quite far away uh-huh. um, not like this season um, <laughs> in the in the Red Bull ring and then I'll turn myself slightly so you can see that one I've got McLaren with Danny Rick and Lando and um, yeah I've spent quite a lot of money on posters and stuff so and there's Gerard but you know it's not a football one and here's the worst part of it guys he's not even bought them from McLaren himself so it's all unofficial merch he's not even supporting his own team can you believe if it if McLaren right if McLaren did did that type of cool art I'd be getting it from McLaren but they don't so I just had to get it from where, whatever it's called the, the well, place where I've wasted a boat there you go two and a half grand yeah. Reese, what, what have you spent your weekend doing mate um, is this a trick question? Yeah. Oh, I have spent my weekend in bed because I've had the coronavirus vaccine. Is that the answer that you wanted? Well, that's not the answer I wanted. What were you doing in bed? Okay, I'm not going there. Um, well, were you watching Netflix? By <laughs> <any chance? laughs> oh, ah, I see where you're going with this now. I thought were you just you... wanted to announce that I've been unwell no. because I, I sound a bit groggy still. <laughs> okay. Um, by the way, take the vaccine. Um, yes, I, um, I, I, this weekend, Tom, I have been doing nothing else apart from watching Drive to Survive. Drive to Survive. That's it, isn't it? It's, it's every, it's what, well, it's what everyone that loves F1 looks forward to, I think. That, that's fair to say at this time of year when you're not looking for, I don't know where I'm going with this point. It's Drive to Survive. <laughs> it's everyone's favourite Netflix series. Um, season three's out, obviously looking at the 2020 season. Um... What? what did you think? First off, just little opinions, Reese. You've seen all 10 episodes, I hope. That was your homework. I hope you've done it. Um, did it what did you think of it? What did you think of it? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, see, I, I'm one of these people that I don't know whether I like it or not, but I watch it. Right. Because I do like it because I like the fly on the wall, but then I don't like that you're essentially watching an episode of Coronation Street. If yeah. you know what I mean. Like, it's that over-dramatised and, like... Um, there's a bit in it where they were on about um, Gasly and Albon and um, it was looking like well Netflix wanted to make it look like that Gasly was going to take Albon's seat mm. but 
while you're watching the season, like no one thought that that was going to happen at all. And no, I think he got rumored once, but slightly. Like you know what I mean. But they they managed yeah. to drag like three episodes out of that. I mean, so did we with the podcast last season. But anyway, um... yeah, but we didn't think. No, I don't think. Uh, my point is, is that I, know I don't think exactly. anyone thought that much that um, Gasly was going to replace Albon, but it yeah. seemed to be a massive storyline on the thing. And then, yeah. uh, but to be fair, um, it shows how much of a shock it was that um, um, that um, Checo got the seat mm. because it wasn't really expected. I think that's fair to say. I think it was definitely. Look, I think they looked at it a lot more sort of through the eyes of trying to make this a drama series that we can put and make ten episodes out of. And mm-hmm. um, I think there was the the there were, there were the drama that people wanted to see this season is is these is these seat changes are these drivers coming in and out of seats things like that. So you can see why they looked at Gasly because you think if Albon was to get sacked halfway through the season, Gasly would be the one to take that seat the same way Albon took Gasly's seat the year prior. Yeah. So. You can understand why they would have done that, but at the same time, I think uh, I think Rebel kind of did cap people off. I think people did expect Alvin to get dropped when he wasn't doing very well. Obviously, he did eventually, but um, yeah, there's a few things like that. I agree that, that they kind of make things over dramatic side. There, there's an audience for Drive to Survive that they, as, as the creators of it, I feel like they don't necessarily always aim for diehard F1 fans. It's no. a think for the most part is for someone that's scrolling through Netflix trying to find something that finds it and then gets into F1 through it because you cannot if you're if you're a real like switched on F1 fan when you're watching Drive to Survive you see the bits that they've edited to look more dramatic like normally when in fact I I don't know if you noticed this every time there was ever on track action you see him going through one corner and then it would cut to a completely different one a a completely different corner that most of the time is about three corners before the one you've just seen him go through yeah, yeah. So it's very much kind of finding the battles that happened on track and cutting them together to look more dramatic and fit that fit the storyline they were trying to tell. The narrative, yeah. Which obviously I, someone that doesn't know F one probably works very well and they can work that out. But if you know the tracks, if you know where people are going, you can very quickly realise that's not quite how that happened. I think I think the only episode that I didn't mind the narrative being kind of that narrative y, if you mm. know what I mean, was um the last one where it was the battle for third between Renault um, yeah. Racing Point and McLaren because that mm-hmm. was a really nice kind of behind the scenes um, you, you know what I mean like it kind of showed how everyone was feeling at the time and stuff and mm. I feel like it wasn't that dramatised on track because that last race was quite dramatic to be fair yeah, yeah that's so. true let's okay in that case I'm just going to say to you what was your favourite moment of all 10 episodes which bit did you like the most um, it's not so. So what what's happened is that all the episodes have blended into one, because you just kind of sit there for essentially six uh, no about eight hours of your life, and um, just watch yeah. them all. But um, I really liked the juxtaposition between Lando getting his podium and Albon not getting a podium yeah. in the in the very second episode. I think that was in. Um, that that was really nicely done from like a from a technical standpoint because you're feeling the high of Lando but then the absolute like crushing low of Alex yeah. um, um, but a, a bit that was nice that I felt like they could have delved into a little bit more was um, Grosjean's crash yeah because it was nice to see kind of like 
everyone's reaction and stuff, but it didn't go into it. I felt like we could have had just a whole episode dedicated to Grosjean and that crash and like seeing his like rehab, if you will, even though like there wasn't that much, but seeing him in hospital and stuff like that, but they, they didn't. So I, I felt like that was an opportunity missed. Going back to that one, you're talking about the, the race in Austria with Alex and, and Lando. I feel like that is something that actually during the weekend wasn't picked up on that much there was a lot of people that obviously were disappointed for Alex that he obviously it happened again the same thing that happened in Brazil he got spun out by Hamilton there yeah. was that but I think the overarching feeling in the media after that race was Landon Norris got a podium no one was really talking about Alex could have got that podium Alex could have won that race no, no one was talking about that and I think that that, that showed there was the shot afterwards of, of Lando going and hugging Zach and everyone getting really excited and McLaren and then yeah. it cut to Alex walking through the paddock after the race in his overalls looking absolutely distraught. And that isn't a shot I'd seen before. And it kind of made me sit back and go, oh, yeah, there is another That's... element to that. And that, you know, I feel like probably something that happens quite a lot in F1 when people are really excited for drivers that get the podiums. They, they, they miss the drivers the that didn't drivers. get them. Yeah. yeah, they miss the drivers that didn't get those podiums that missed out. And that, I can imagine that that would be hard for a lot of drivers and I think that was I feel like that was an element they could have gone down a bit more I think they did cover it I think they did a good job of it but I feel like they could have played on Alex's sort of um, juxtaposition of Alex's sort of sadness at the, at the result more than they yeah. did I don't know maybe, maybe I'm wrong but see the, th the thing with me as well for that weekend is that obviously I'm a big McLaren fan big Lando mm. Norris fan um, to get that podium was amazing and I yeah I, f I completely forgot about that weekend that Albon got spun out like I did I didn't forget like during the race obviously no. but I forgot that that's what happened to lead to Lando's podium Yeah, all I remember is the fact was... that Lando got a podium that, yeah. yeah ultimately that spin out led to Hamilton's penalty which led to Lando's podium yeah exactly yeah I think that probably makes it harder for Albon because the penalty to Hamilton was meant to make it sort of I don't know make it more equal to him because he got the penalty for getting spun out he got the 10 second penalty for that but Albon Five still got no points in that race and he, he gave someone else their first podium which should have been his and I feel like that must have really hurt for him uh, there, that was another big narrative throughout the series was the um, when's Albon going to get his podium yeah that was, that was another big narrative throughout the series and I felt like as each week went by, and it was mainly to do with the sit-down interviews that Christian was having, mm. as each week went by, you kind of saw a little bit of faith get lost in him every week. You, you, because, could, tra you could track that, yeah, I agree. You could yeah, see because it went from Christian being in the in like the garage with him, being like, come on, buddy, chin up, like you can do this next week, exactly, to him then yeah. being, to then him going to his um, race engineer and being like, how the hell's he done this again? Like... The, the kids cursed or something you yeah. know like yeah. I, it, 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 it's and then Christian didn't make himself look good at all by just phoning um, Perez in one of the last interviews to be like oh yeah welcome to Red Bull yeah like, come on I think but, I, I mean I almost think that was an element of, of the drive so far producers go yeah, could you yeah, just call yeah, Jacko and get that because we don't have a shot of him joining Red Bull or talking about that we just need that bit of the story yeah. in there which I mean makes sense yeah. on the producer side of things but I'd love to have seen Checker getting that focus. He just picks up the, he's already signed the contracts and Christian's like picks up the phone, he's like Welcome welcome to Red Bull Checo. If he's just like Christian, you, you said this to me like two weeks yeah. ago, mate, what are you yeah. on about? <laughs> Sent a text before and like um <laughs> just got a call, yeah, the producer said so. Whoop Don't answer on the first ring, don't look desperate. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think I think Chris it was interesting how much Christian was in this. 
compared to well, I mean, he has been in it quite a lot in the previous seasons as well. It was him and Jerry. They were in it a lot last year, weren't they? In their actual house. Jerry. But there was that it's one bit be... where he phoned Jerry. I thought was a weird conversation. Did you see that when he was just like stood on yeah. the balcony and there's just a random phone call with Jerry talking about his kids and he's like, "All right, I gotta go now." I was about that felt a bit yeah. weird. But, but I think that was trying to show that they're all away from the families. The human side. Like, yeah. Yeah, but. I don't know. I, I feel like next season it's going to be called Christian Horner's Drive to Survive. <laughs> he's trying he's to get, get his acting career off the ground. Yeah, he's going to be the next James Bond. You watch. His IMDb uh, is all over that. Um, but yeah, Drive to Survive, I think it was good. I, I don't know if it's the best season. I think it's hard to really classify which season is the best season because it's it's ultimately not a scripted thing. It's not like they can make the story how it is at the end of the day that's how the season went and I think yeah. they do they do very I will say this they do very well in Drive to Survive not to follow the sort of championship series that is Hamilton's won again Hamilton's won again because obviously if they did that that would be so repetitive and boring they find I, the midfield also... battles they find the bit of drama in the grid and that is what they, they build the series around which makes it good and it also feels like they do that because within like the first couple of series um, Mercedes weren't very happy with the Netflix crew sniffing around and as much yeah. so in the first couple of series they had to focus on you know like McLaren Renault yeah. Racing Point Haas Haas was quite a big one in the last couple of series they, they were yeah. in this one as well um, so like you feel like they go to, more towards the teams that are giving them the access but then like you said it's made for either casual fans or it's made for newbies coming into F1 yeah by them not giving them the um, the, the entry point um, like um, Mercedes by Mercedes not giving them like oh this is our team they're going to pick to support someone like a Haas or a Mc, uh, McLaren mm. the new fans I mean yeah I agree but to be fair I also like this season I mean every team had their own episode I think that's fair to say isn't it they sort of were with one team each episode they were with a team at a certain race uh, apart it, from Williams apart from Williams yes that's true actually yeah, yeah. Williams didn't have much Williams didn't have anything to sniff George put out a tweet uh, there's news on George later on in the podcast. Stay with us. Um, but George put out a tweet saying, um, "When you when you're on episode ten of Drive to Fight, Survive and uh, realise you're not in it." Yeah. Because he did mention about Lewis's corona, and yeah. I feel like when they mentioned about Lewis getting coronavirus, they should have then talked about how George Russell, the the new up and coming Brit- British talent in F1, like he's gonna he should well, be around for years and years. He's in the seat, but they didn't. They, they were just they, also... they mentioned it slightly. They also, in a very sort of, I think it was one sentence in the whole series, they kind of said, um, the Williams owner's last race, the Williams family's last race in charge of Williams. That would have been a great episode to to see Williams kind of struggling to find the financials, having to sell the team, the the heavy hardness that came with that. And maybe it's that Williams didn't want to publicise that. Maybe they didn't want Netflix to look at that. Maybe they tried, but they didn't want them to. I don't know the specificities about that. But you did feel like Williams have had a very good season this year in terms of drama. I feel like, and it, I, I as mean, inter-team I, drama goes, they've had quite a lot. Like Jack Aitken, I'd argue as well. Like George going to, to Mercedes, things like that. And obviously the main Williams family leaving, that's such a huge point. And it, it didn't even get mentioned at all, really, apart from one throwaway sentence. It's like, the, the, the thing as well is that um, 
they could have just documented it on it on the last race. They didn't need to go into any financial reasons why they're leaving. They could have just been like, "Here's Claire. It's a final race. How are you feeling, Claire?" Sort of thing. Yeah. And then like like filming her like the emotion because like we saw that when it was live on TV. Just the emotion of Claire throughout that final race weekend was incredible. Like she led out the Williams car out the garage for like one of the practices or something. Yeah. Uh, like you know they could have shown that and not only that. There, there was an incredible storyline that they could have told about how Jack Aitken came in and took away Russell's podium, essentially. Exactly, yeah. You know, that would, but that they would be such a drama-filled episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like that second... I feel like the last few races of the season, we didn't even mention Abu Dhabi. That last Bahrain race was very... Barely covered. It might be that maybe they weren't there. Maybe because of coronavirus, they couldn't be there to film it. Maybe I'm trying to think: was all the shots they used of that race FOM footage, or was that Netflix? I can't remember. It could be that mm. to tell that story, they had to use the actual onboards and things from the race. But um, I think it was still very interesting how they did that. It's a shame that Williams went in it more, but that's that. Yeah. One thing I do want to talk to you about in one episode, I think it was episode seven, that I thought was really, really interesting, was the Hass episode, and I think. For me, that really put into perspective the situation has have been in recently, which is this sort of financial position. Um, Gene said on the phone in to um, what's his name, Gunter Steiner. Gene said on the phone to Gunter Steiner uh, in one of the clips, and I love that they got those phone calls with 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 uh, with Gene. And I, I I wish there was a thing, a sort of office kind of moment where Gene was like. Are the cameras listening to this conversation right now, Gunther? <laughs> or something? You know, yeah, you know when, uh, yeah, when yeah. Michael's on the phone to a corporate or something like that. But yeah, like yeah. when 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 Gene has the moment where he's on the phone and he says, um, "I'm not putting any more money into this team. You need to get sponsors." Mm-hmm. That puts the the pers- I can't say that word today. The perspective for me as to why this season they have sold out and they have sold out. I think it's fair to say they've oh, yeah, 100%. given they've given the the company to the the car to Mazepin and said, "Make a little room, do what you want with it. If you pay us." 50 million pounds however much money it is I don't know that's just one I've put from at midair but it, it shows that Gene Haas is very much sort of on, of the opinion of he said in it I, I don't actually want to win I want to be competitive I think he said that in, in this series he actually did an interview didn't mm-hmm. he and it, to yeah. me that puts into perspective the difficulties Haas are in and why they have kept Mazepin because if they didn't have Mazepin they would not be on this grid this season it wouldn't think, be happening I think if, for Gene to be there's two types of owners okay Mm. there's your Lawrence Stroll who is literally pumping money at racing point now Aston Martin is money 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 until they win okay it's the Man City of F1 okay but then the other owner is um, um, Gene Haas who has literally gone hold on I expected to come in and to do quite well the highest finish we've had is a fourth why is that I'm not putting any more money into this. Mm. And I feel like that negativity is going to cost... Well, it's going to cost the team, essentially. They're not going to be Haas anymore. Like they, they, I, I give it two seasons before a full name change is happening. Yeah. Either a full name change or the team isn't there at all. And we go down to nine teams on the grid, which is obviously... Yeah. No one wants that to happen. I think having such a 10-car grid at the moment is something we all take for granted because very easily a lot of these teams can say bye and we could end up with, you know... Williams pulling out because they can't afford it. Has pulling out because they can't afford it. And hopefully these things, that's why they're introducing the price cap. That's why they're introducing these, these, this money sort of cap to stop that from happening. Because I'm sure F1 are aware if they don't do something fast, they're going to lose all their teams. And yeah, mm-hmm. that has then completely 
um, sort of sealed it for me. And I mean, I mean yes, Gene has, has got a lot of money. He's nowhere near as rich as, as Lawrence Stroll is, so he probably can't well, no, inject no. the money like Lawrence Stroll can um, because he's going to end up bankrupting himself if he does that. I think that's probably fair to say. But I, I think it was very interesting. And we don't, we don't get to see that sort of corporate money side of F1 much at all. I mean, I've never seen an F1 board meeting where they go and give signed caps out to the people to try and convince them to sponsor the team and things like that, like they did with um, yeah. like with one and one who obviously are on the car this season. But they, they, they made it very... And I think they showed in one of the preview clips a uh, concept blue livery that uh, of the one and one as if they were the title sponsor, which I think was what was probably going to happen. But they never actually showed that clip in the main series. It was just a preview clip. So, mm. obviously, they wanted that to be a bigger a bigger sponsor than it was, but then obviously, Mazepin probably came in with the big bucks. He started but throwing his cash around. It is very clear that Haas are struggling, and I think the fact they've come into this year with even even with Mazepin's money and sort of gone, we're not going to do much. We're not going to go far from here. We're not going to develop this car further than we already have. Makes it pretty clear to me that that, that this is a team in financial crisis that need. This season they've already written off, so they're probably pumping all the money they have got into that car for next year to get the results they need next year to become the team that Gene Haas wants them to be. And if that doesn't work, then he sells. That's clear. Yeah. Um, any other drivers for five talking points, Reese? <laughs> um, Bottas. But, but Vol- Vol- Valtteri Bottas. Valtteri Bottas. I think yeah. that's what he's being dubbed now, Bottas. Um, yeah. we, we saw we saw a lovely F1 driver's um, bottom. Um, I feel like we don't need to go too much into this. I just nope. feel like we just need to acknowledge that it was there and move past it. Everyone saw it, and everyone's like, oh, yeah. that's a first. There we, we all go. saw it. We all nice. saw it. We all knew that it happened. We all don't know why it happened. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Actually, I do want to talk about Valtteri for a second here, because not about his, his butt, but more about the driver himself. I feel like we mm-hmm. saw a side to Valtteri in that episode that is a side that he's been trying to get out for so long that he there is a side to Valtteri I think feels unhappy at Mercedes and I think that is something that yes. he hasn't really said before but he, he spoke specifically about that um, 2018 British, uh, Russian Grand Prix I think it was where he had to give Hamilton that space that, that place and he spoke about it very um, specifically sort of saying I think there was a quote from him saying I wanted to quit Mercedes after that yeah yeah and I think it's so very clear about quitting. That, that he isn't happy in that Mercedes team as a second driver. He wants to push Hamilton for the championships. Um, mm-hmm. He did an interview with Ted, uh, our Lord and Saviour, uh, in testing for this weekend. I, I think you might have seen, I don't know if you've seen it, um, where he was talking to him about Rosberg and how Rosberg bought, beat Hamilton. Um, and like Rosberg apparently slept in a different bed to his wife and, and did all this kind of stuff to keep him very selfish because that's the only way he could beat Hamilton is by focusing purely on himself um, yeah. and, he, and Ted sort of said to Valtteri you know this season could could be your last in this team You're, you know he, he was like I'm aware of that you know you've got George coming through he's only got a one year contract but so does Lewis and he sort of said to him is this your last chance to for, probably fight for the title and Valtteri said well I'm going to try and go for every season but I do need to be more selfish and I do need to be more about me to go for that. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think Valtteri doing the interviews in Drive to Survive was him sort of switching that on going, look, this season, building it into the 2021 season, is going to be the year that I, I need to beat Hamilton. That He needs to really give him a run for the money because he's the only driver that can do it, realistically, in that Mercedes car, isn't he? Like He's the driver that is in the, is in the same machinery as Hamilton. And last season, he only uh-huh. finished a few points ahead of Verstappen. Like... I think if we don't see 
like a Red Bull or someone really take the fight. Valtteri needs to like whoever wins the championship out of that Mercedes. I'm not really bothered who it is to mm. be honest, but it needs to be a gap of about something like five points or something at the right at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, like because this this season Lewis missed, missed the race because of coronavirus and he was still about thirty odd points ahead. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, the season yeah. just gone. So, well, that's it. And I think well, the reason Valtteri gets called the wingman and gets called Lewis's second-hand man and all that kind of stuff, which obviously isn't something he's happy about. He even said in that in in the in the drive to survive that there was a hate comment that said something like that, and it really got under his skin. He doesn't like mm. it, but he gets labelled mm. like that because uh, you know he doesn't get the performances. He doesn't get the performances out of the car that Hamilton does and it looks like he's doing it to help Hamilton. Do you know what I mean? So it, it's tricky. Yeah, yeah. It's really tricky. Yeah. I think anyway. once... Um, oh, do you want to move on? No, no, no. Finish your point. I was, I was going to say, I think, I think once we see Valtteri stop obeying team orders, um, he'll do well. Um, but once he stops obeying team orders, it'll be his last year yeah. in the Mercedes. Yeah, so I think that's fair. I reckon say. if he, I reckon if he went out this year and they were like, "You need to be revolver for Hamilton," he's on a better strategy. And Valtteri just went, "No." Yeah. Um, I feel like he'd have a significantly better year for himself because um, Rosberg it showed it on Drive to Survive. Um, Rosberg not obeying the team orders. Yeah. Um, a little bit, but I, I I don't know. I once if he doesn't obey the team orders and then he doesn't win the world championship, or even if he does, he's still got to be on the drivers' market because they won't have anyone at that team who is selfish yeah. essentially even though no. they're selfish to Lewis but it's true hey-ho. it's true I think that, that that team I think Drive Survive painted Mercedes in a light that people haven't really seen them in a while especially Hamilton and I, I sort of said this to you I think it, it, it showed Hamilton sort of more of a selfish kind of guy Bad than guy. sort of the, <laughs> the incredible guy that kind of Sky Sports paint him out to be and obviously they're going to support him he's a British driver and they obviously are British Sky Sports they are going to paint to be this, this great driver but I think that Drivers of Vibe kind of took a step back from that and stripped him down especially in the Albon episode especially in the Albon episode they paid him out to be this guy that is sort of ruining Albon's ch- chance at a podium which yeah. I thought was very interesting but it's I mean we can use this as a segue into testing it's going to be a tricky season for Mercedes coming out of testing so let's have a chat about that wow wasn't that smooth um Let's have a talk about testing then. So we, we obviously did the last episode before last weekend before we were going into testing and we were saying what we thought we were going to see. And I think what we ended up seeing was completely different to what we thought we'd see. We, we thought we'd see Mercedes absolutely sweep the floor again like we have for the past few seasons. But in fact, Mercedes weren't quite there, were they, Reese? No, but it's, it's all sandbags, I think, because... I, I, a bit that I really took interested in in with Drive to Survive, like linking back to that, mm. is in the first episode, um, um, Christian's having a conversation with some of the Red Bull mechanics in the garage, and he says he asks, um, "Well, they're fast, um, are they sandbagging?" And they were like, "Yeah, I think so." And Christian says, "Right, well, we've still got six tenths that we can use, sort of thing." Yeah. Which is interesting because it that that literally shows the team's sandbag intestine. And I think Mercedes are the only one who's kind of got the bottle here on this three day testing to say, Look, we're gonna take our foot off the gas a little bit. We'll let you think that we're not doing as well. I mean, they might have like a a, a reverse 
a reversing car for this for this year. They might have invented a reversing car that goes significantly faster than a driving forward car or something. That might be the new invention that they haven't showed See, off yet. I kind of am going to disagree with you there because it wasn't sandbagging we saw in testing. Sandbagging doesn't make you lose control of the car and spin into the gravel twice like Hamilton did. Sandbagging doesn't make your gearbox break three times and make you have to sit in the garage for hours. Sandbagging doesn't make you do the least yeah. amount of lap. Even in previous testing when they haven't necessarily been the fastest, Mercedes have been the most reliable. They've been the ones that have got top of the timesheets every time with the most amount of laps completed for the past seven seasons. It's not a matter of sandbagging, I don't think. And I mean, I might be proven wrong. We might be in on, on, on Saturday and we might see them absolutely smash the timesheets, top of the table. It's back to normal. But there's me, and call me optimistic, but there's a part of me that thinks genuinely Mercedes have been hit by these new floor regulations. The back of that car is not aerodynamically sound anymore. They are really struggling to control it. And actually, they're going to struggle this season. Or maybe not struggle, but they're not going to be as dominant as they have been in previous seasons. Red Bull are going to have a chance to challenge them. Some people even saying McLaren have managed to climb their way up and get into that top battle. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 mean, I hope but... you're right. I want you to be right. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I really want you to be right. McLaren looked amazing in testing. They did. They did. Um, Daniel Ricciardo is like a duck to water in, mm. in the McLaren, mm. apparently. But um, I really I really want the testing times to be reflective of the actual times. Yeah. But I just don't think they are at all. I don't... No. I, I, did, did, how did Perez do in the Red Bull? Did you take note of that? Or Perez did. He was, he, was very, he was similar in testing to what Max was doing. They both topped times, numerous okay. times. Um, he he maybe, I think he said he, he can understand why other drivers would have struggled, struggled with it, which was interesting to hear. I think he, he definitely said that, you know, it's not the easiest car to drive and it is a bit tail happy. But Perez, as a driving style, he's much more, he's much closer to Max than. Albon and, and Gasly happen. I think he is quite an aggressive driver, Perez. So yeah. I don't know if he maybe does take that car better than the other two have. I'm very excited. That's one I'm really excited to see how Perez does this weekend. Or in, across the whole season, to be honest, because that's going to be the real telling point for Red Bull this season. If Perez struggles, they've got a problem in that team with their second driver because it's three drivers in three years that have all struggled in that car. So what's wrong yeah. with the car? What's wrong with the team? I was so, going to say, I feel like it's a slight problem now, the fact that you had two two drivers come in who were really good like mm. especially Gasly and Gasly's proven that he's good like this this past season in um Alpha Tauri mm. but um not to be able to drive the car it's a bit unless the only thing that I can think of is that the Red Bull is so different to the other cars in the driver um what do you call it what's it called Alpha Tauri no the um well yes but no um in the Red Bull driver scheme or whatever it is like the, the, the like that car handles completely differently to how all the other Red Bulls do in all the other series and all. The only one you can draw a comparison to would be the Alphatari, and I think there is a, there is an element of the fact that maybe it was so different. It's the yeah I will say the Alphatari this season is very similar to the Red Bull of last season. They've basically copied the front of that Red Bull because it worked. So mm -hmm. um, if if we do see, I mean, again, we might see Gazi now struggling this Alphatari, and I think it goes to a point to say driving style goes a long way in F1 the driver's driving style is what the mechanics build the car around and obviously they're going to do that to Max because Max is their star Max is that natural talent Max and is Red Bull <laughs> exactly and I think Gasly could have struggled I don't, I'm not, I don't know but I think it's probably I think Gasly's a very smooth driver as is um, 
Alex, Alex. because they had a lot of experience in F2, in F3. Max never had that experience. He had one year of uh, single-seater driving before he was in Formula 1. He had a year of Formula 3 out of carts, and he was a Formula 1 driver. So yeah. Max drives that Red Bull like it's a go-kart because that's what he knows and that's why he's yeah, so yeah. successful, to be honest. Um, but as it, it, in, in opposition to that, that's not how Gasly or, or, or Albon drive. So maybe what Red Bull need, I must see, maybe what Red Bull need is an experienced driver like Perez who's driven a heap of cars. He's been at McLaren, he's been at Racing Point, he's been at um, Sauber, he's been around the block, he knows lots of different cars and he's, he's experienced enough to know how to adapt to a car, maybe that's what they need. Maybe that's that's the key they need to unlocking that second seat. And maybe maybe Perez is the guy that does that. I'm hopeful. I'm very hopeful. But again, I'm optimistic. Call me optimistic. So um, what do you think then about um, the Aston Martin? Because I thought that that was... I felt like I was a bit too optimistic for it. I don't mm. think it had the best testing. It definitely didn't have the best testing. I think Aston Martin are... They're going to be interesting to watch. You look at what Racing Point was last year, and obviously this car is an evolution of that. That was a mega car last year. Um, it got fourth in the end. should have been third, really, but obviously they had that 15-point deduction for the brake ducks, which gave McLaren the advantage. Um, but they, 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 it was a mega car. It was... I think Christian said... It, there, was, there was a picture of Christian said in the garage when Racing Point was on track, and he sort of was like, they're bloody fast. Like, yeah. they and I, they surprised everyone in testing um, last year. This year, it's the opposite. I don't know exactly. I think they had a gearbox issue with their Mercedes gearbox, the same as the issue Mercedes had. Right. So whether that Mercedes engine is going to be the one to watch this year for blowing up, I don't know. Um, It'd be make a difference from Honda, won't it? <laughs> right, exactly. But obviously, McLaren don't have the best uh, history of switching engine suppliers and having great reliability nope. problems with them. So hopefully it's not that. If they are, McLaren will, will definitely label themselves cursed, I think. But, um, yeah, I think they're going to be one to watch. I don't think it's true to their performance in testing. I think they'll come through, like Mercedes have. I don't think Mercedes is going to be dead last, like they were in testing. I think they're going to come in and be competitive at the front. I think Aston Martin will we'll get there. I think it's going to, Seb is going to be the one I want to watch this year. Because if he fails, he fails and he's out. If he does well, it could be his chance to rejuvenate what he had like that bring back that Red Bull said Vettel do you, do you so, think do you think he's going to do well or do you think this is his last year in Formula 1 it's impossible for me to tell you mate I have no idea I can, no, I come on what, what's your you. hunch what's your hunch come on that's what I want uh, to know what's, what's your hunch what do you think yes maybe he'll come back I think I think he's he's, he's going to be different to the said we've seen of past I, and to be this, yeah said we've seen over the past years um Drive to Survive episode four, the Ferrari episode, that shows me that Seb wasn't happy in that team. You could see, I, I know it was his last year, but he wasn't happy there. He didn't care what the media team were telling him, all that kind of stuff. He, yeah, yeah. There was that interview where he did with the Claire and they asked him about our clothing range and he said something like, we're contracted to Puma, we're not going to do anything else. We're not yeah, yeah, you, you that, see this badge? You see this badge? <laughs> well, we're not allowed to throw out anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I think that puts it into perspective. He wasn't happy there. And yes, I'm sure that did definitely impact his, his driving style. They wouldn't have set up his car as well as he'd have wanted to because he didn't have that relationship with the mechanics. Um, well, it's I, the fact, as well on Drive to Survive, um, there, was, there was that clip about um, he, was, he was 
showing off his helmet for the uh, Italian Grand Prix. And yeah. he was like, this is my helmet. Uh, best thing about it is I don't need to wear a mask in it. Yeah, yeah. And the media woman the media woman was like, this isn't the time for jokes. Like, yeah, yeah. we're not doing well. Like, you can't be making jokes. He's like, okay, I won't smile for the rest of the weekend then. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. He He's was completely like... done with Ferrari. Yeah, he didn't care. He's like, what are you going to do? Sack me? You already have. Like... Yeah, yeah. It's like... Um... It was talking Mr. about Ricardo Ted. and Renault, but um, someone said it's like breaking up with your girlfriend and Sam to live with them, sort of thing. That's what it was. For, uh, I think Christian, yeah, was, Christian delivered that. Yeah, Christian online. saying that about Ricardo was it? Yeah, I think it was. You're right. I think it was him talking about Ricardo and Renault, but the same applies for for Seb at Ferrari. Yeah, it, it's like he was like, I don't care about you anymore. You've you've dropped me. Why am I going to perform for you? Yeah, and yeah. Aston Martin, I think, are the, are the opposite of that. Aston Martin are the team that have come into Seb when he because he said I uh, there was a bit in Joe Seb where he thought he thought he wasn't going to be in F1 this year mm-hmm. Aston Martin was his lifeline Aston Martin were the team that were going to that are going to help him and uh, I'm very excited to see how it goes like I say if it's a flop he's out they'll get someone else into that team I don't know who um, I could almost see Perez going back there and Sonoda taking the Red Bull seat but I don't know we'll have to see after a year after well Perez has only got a year a contract big... so it's, it's, it'll be interesting but yeah who knows? I don't know. I don't know. Come back is to this in anything... a year recently when Sonoda announced the Red Bull, you'll go, wow, bloody out on. Is there anything else we've uh, got to cover for um, testing? Testing. Um, I mean, I think I, I put a tweet out sort of of what I think my, my, my top 10 is going to be. And oh, yeah, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. Hey, there you go. Come it's on. up here. Do the it's segues. A, it's above do us do somewhere. It's, it's like... above us somewhere. Um, there. Or there. <laughs> uh, but there. yeah, we, we said, um, I said on Twitter that I think uh, Williams won't be last which is obviously quite yes. a big thing because they have been for the past few season. uh, seasons I don't think they're going to have a, an incredible car they're not going to be challenging for 5th, 4th you know 6th whatever in the, in the constructors they'll probably finish about 8th or ninth, but I think they will get points I think there will be points on the board I think they might have jumped definitely Haas maybe Alfa Romeo so it's going to be around there somewhere um, I think you said as well you don't think Williams will be last in you so I think that's going to be one to watch yeah, I think that's probably about it. It's going to be in the midfield battle again to watch this season, 100%. That McLaren, uh, Renault, Alpine, I should say, and uh, Aston Martin. There we go. <laughs> Daily said racing point as well. Those three are going to be the, the three teams to watch. Red Bull and Mercedes are going to be the ones that I hope will be probably fighting out at the front. If it's just Mercedes running away again, then, I mean, we'll be back here next weekend talking about that, won't we? So, who knows? <laughs> they will be crying. Yeah. Um, quick question um, mm-hmm. who is in charge of Alpine now that Cyril's not there so uh, I, do you know or I'm just name, really put you on the spot I know who he is I couldn't give you a name right now um, he's I'll google it the, he, he worked at uh, MotoGP before he came to Renault technically right at Alpine there isn't a Cyril Abitbull replacement so they were talking about this in testing they were saying that um, Rossi the guy the guy that now runs Rossi is, is are you sure? It says Rossi 45 began his auto, uh, automotive career in Reynolds mechanical engineering department. Okay, I don't know. I'm pretty is sure it? Rossi's a driver, but... Um, what? <laughs> um, hold on, hold on. When was this published? I can't click off the, the ads yeah, anyway. because of... Um, there isn't an Alpine director of uh, sport like like Cyril Abitbull was they've got they've split up into a bit of a democracy at the top of that team which ah. people are sort of questioning whether it will work or not there's a few different people they've pulled in from a few different sporting programs that are going to be at the top of it there is a role which is similar to Cyril's but it has been split between about three different people so 
Um, if it works, we'll see. It might not. There isn't someone necessarily at the head of it. The guy that is going to be at the racetrack oh. is the bloke that was in charge of um, the Suzuki MotoGP thing, I want to say. David Bravoio. Yeah, uh, Davide Bravadio, Brav- something yeah. like that. That's yeah, the same one. thing, yeah. same thing. Okay, yeah. well, he's, he's going to be is. the guy that's at the racetrack um, monitoring everything. What MotoGP team was it? If you, do you have that? Do you have that on you right now? I don't, I don't have it on me right now. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> I don't know why they've dropped Cyril, and that's going to be really interesting as well next year. If if they get Cyril on Drive to Survive to say why he got sacked. Well, I don't Yamaha. Know. Yamaha, Yamaha. yeah so it'll be interesting it'll be interesting um cool. shall we before we move on i know it says here in our little <laughs> script um that we're going to move on to the Bahrain preview yeah um, before we do that shall we just cover a bit of news that happened uh in the last couple of days about george russell yeah i can yeah so um he's the new sort of uh director of the driver's um stewarding department which was previously run by Grosjean he's the guy that runs the all the team all, all the drivers briefings and stuff he's sort of the head the drivers go to if uh, they have a problem that they want to take up he's the guy that will deal with it he's like uh, if you, head if of you the remember union. in school yeah always had your form captain uh, that was Grosjean last year <laughs> oh, Gro- so if, you, if you went to private school you've <laughs> you got did a form, have a form captain. captain surely no 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 did no the no. bloke that was like in charge of your class who like elected no okay maybe it was just me no, no. Um, I think that that was a normal thing though it's just weird at your school because I'm pretty sure anyway I'm we're not going into our educational history leave a comment um, leave a comment <laughs> if you had a farm captain because um, I don't think it's a thing anyway he's the guy that everyone went to to go to like the big meetings and, and talk about the driver's perspective on things obviously Grosjean left the sport now so they had to elect someone new uh, and interestingly it's George Russell um which I think is a really interesting option. Obviously, George fancies himself for it. I think he seems like a pretty sensible lad. So hopefully that is that is the case, that he's good. Yeah, you can um, put Lando in charge, could you? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, like, well, touchy, touchy subject, but... Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think George is a, is a good option. I'm surprised they didn't go for someone maybe with a bit more experience, someone like Sergio Perez is who I would have expected. But George, I'm sure the top job at it. So there you go. He's the new... Uh, I haven't got my phone. I'm recording with my phone. So if you want to find out the exact role of, that he's taken, I don't know. Yes, he's the new head boy of the drivers. Head boy, there we go. There we go. <laughs> the new head boy. Uh, are we going to touch on the Lando Norris people nope. trying to cancel him? No. Nope. nope. Are you sure? Yeah. How come? It's not worth talking about. So. I feel like our producer said quite a bit on Twitter. <laughs> it's not worth talking about. Um, okay. Right, Hunter moving Bahrain. on. If you want to find if you want to find out that news, go to Reese Twitter and she ran it a little bit. Um, Bahrain. Let's have a t- chat about Bahrain. Then what do we what are we expecting from this weekend? Uh, I expect cars, probably twenty cars, to go around a circuit for roughly fifty to seventy laps. Oh yeah, you reckon all twenty will finish? Well, hopefully. <laughs> Um, no but okay let's talk about what we're expected to see then obviously there's new practice rules in in force this year we're not going to have as much practice uh, on the weekends that'll be interesting to see how that affects the race Um, yeah so what's happening to the practice is it just they're getting cut down by half an hour each one or what's what's the cracker lacking so normally there's P1, 2 and 3 1 and 2 are hour and a half sessions they're just going down to being an hour instead that's the main difference Um, okay 
And obviously, we are going to see some sprint races throughout the season. We haven't got them officially confirmed, but it looks like it's going to be Britain is going to be the first one. I was going to say, I think the first one is Britain, which um, will be nice if we manage to get there. Because we we're, we're planning there. on it. We're, we're, we're planning on plan. it. It's, 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 it's by my birthday. So, um, uh-huh. should we get a picture? Oh. Not really. Shall we get a Patreon and see if people will donate for us to go? <laughs> Can uh, we do that as part know. of the pod? If you're interested in donating to us to go to uh, Silverstone, and <laughs> drop us a tweet and we'll see. We'll see if no, we can please. make it a Patreon. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that would be interesting to see. But obviously this weekend, it's just mainly the practice that will be different. On Saturday, we'll have the qualifying as usual, not a sprint race. Um, so let's talk about qualifying. What do you think yes. is going to happen there? Um, sorry, I was just googling while um while you were talking. Have you got anything else that you want to say? Nope. You're on the spot. Stop okay. googling. Um, what do you want to see from qualifying? No, I, race? Well, I'm not pole? googling what I want to see from qualifying. Uh, who's on pole? On pole, I think it's going to be Daniel Ricciardo. You think Daniel Ricciardo in McLaren is going to get pole position? Imagine the scenes. Um, he's had a, he's had a good testing. He's had a he's really had good, good testing. He's had a great testing. He's had a good testing. Um, um, I'm going to say for my poll, I reckon it's going to be Max. I think Max is going to be on it this season. He's going to get. He's going to win everything. Maybe, hopefully. Um, yeah. Oh, it's my in the afternoon. Three. That's what I was googling. I was googling uh, when when's the race, and it's in the afternoon. It's a 4 p.m. Oh. race um, for those Thanks. wanting to know. Thank you. Is it on Sky Sports F1 by any chance? Uh, no, BT's actually got. The oh, line. what? <laughs> um, yeah, my top three for, for qualifying. I'm going to put Verstappen. Uh, Verstappen, Perez, Hamilton. Right, so you put me on the spot and it was horrible enough for us, but I'm going to stay with Daniel Ricciardo. But I think, um, I think I want to see Perez in P2 and... Uh, uh, I'm going to give it to Stroll, P3. It's going to Mr. Lanchilus. Lanchilus Stroll in that Aston Martin. So Lance, going to come so through. Lancelot. I think it's going to come through. Um, yeah. Um, well, why not? Why, let's have a bit of fun. Let's let's re- let's relax. Okay. Let's have a laugh. Yeah. Let's that's have what a laugh. Want. Let's have a laugh. The race then. This is where the points come out. This is where points point, points mean prizes. Points aren't given out on the on the on the Saturday, as Martin would say. Um, yeah, I was going to say, cheers, Martin. You don't earn your points in this one. Who's on your podium then? Who's on your race podium? I think it's hard to say, isn't it? It's like it's like oh, just just guess. You might as well just guess. I'm going to give it to George Russell. Uh, Nicholas Latifi and uh, yeah Williams won two and then I'm going to put uh, Giovinazzi in third wow it's complete reverse grid to what we expected <laughs> um. no, it's like it's not it's like because we haven't seen a race yet we don't know yeah. what anyone's it's, it's like we, we are literally just guessing um, I think it's going to be Bottas in third Max in second and Daniel no, and, um, and Lewis in first probably Interesting, interesting. I can see that. I'm gonna I can see the them. Race. I can see them trying to get more downforce into the car to stop the back end from slipping in these next couple of weeks because they were staying out there, weren't they? That's the point. They're not really allowed to develop the car this season now. They've used their tokens. Well, they'll give Lewis some burgers sure. and stuff, won't they? They'll fatten yeah. Lewis up. I might be wrong. I'm not sure with how season development's going to work, whether they still have to use tokens for that or what. But anyway, right. it all has to be within the budget limit, doesn't it? So it's all going to be different this season in terms of mid-season developments and things. So yes. I don't know. Um, my race prediction, I'm going to put Max Verstappen will be the first winner of the season. I'm not a fanboy, just very passionate. Um, second place, I'm going to put Lewis Hamilton. 
Third place, I'm going to put Sergio Perez. I'm thinking Red Bull are going to be coming out the gates hot. They haven't done are it for the last four gonna... years. We've been slow out the gate the last four years, and this is our chance to really give it some beans. Give it a go. Do you, do you see Renault doing a... Um... Alpine. Huh? Alpine. Where are you going with that one? You said Renault. Oh, no, I, said I, was, I, was, I was meant to say Red Bull. Oh. Um, do you see... <laughs> <laughs> it's it's been a long it's been a long podcast. Do you see Red Bull doing um, essentially what Mercedes did this last year, which is dominate? Do you see no. that happening? No, it'll be close. It'll be between the two of them. I think Mercedes. I don't think Mercedes has fallen off that much. I think they will still be up there. But I think they, the Red Bull Red Bull have, have closed the gap and Mercedes have reversed a little bit, and so it's bumper to bumper. It's going to be. I think it, so I'm hoping we're not, we're not going to see. The front. We're not going to see any late. Hour and a half gaps between the cars, are we? Uh, I mean, between Red Bull and, and third place, maybe. But oh, yeah, okay. Um, Sorry, did you not see Mercedes and Red Bull? Maybe happened. not. Honestly, I think McLaren could be up there, up there too. I don't think I think Ricardo on positions that that crazy thought. They've got that new uh, diffuser on the gearbox, which is giving them a huge amount of advantage um, out of testing. So maybe that that could be coming through to help them in the in the race as well. So see, I don't know how to feel about Ricardo. Okay, because mm. I like Lando. And I want Lando to be taken more seriously, and I want him to kind of be the senior driver. Yeah. Um, I feel like I feel like they've got a mentality of there is no senior driver, but yeah. like everyone knows that that doesn't work. And I'm just a little bit scared that with Ricardo coming in, Lando's going to have to start giving way to him and stuff like that. Lando's going to get pushed to the curb, kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, they played on that a lot in Drive to Survive as well, wasn't it? There's that whole science and. Lando relationship sort of thing breaking down and yeah, they did break down that, but they've been playing well, they've been playing golf. Netflix just like to really over over exactly. dramatize. I think I think there was an element of that last year, and I think that 100% Lando's coming into this season. He's already said he's not going to have the same relationship with with Daniel because he's his teammate. And he wants to, to rival him, so it'll be good to see. Um, anyway, yes, there we go. Bahrain, it's going to be a good race. I cannot wait to come back here when we've actually seen on track action and know what to expect for the season because it'll make this job a lot easier um, thank you very much Mr Reese Keeble for coming and chatting away with me today it's alright uh, we're dropping one a week so next week it'll just be you uh, the week after um, <laughs> it's be... not going to be a podcast it'll just be a picture of this wall for the whole <laughs> yeah. thing <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll show off my posters you can see my posters I'll just leave it like that you think we're joking next week we're just uploading that so I hope you're ready for it um, yeah Anyway. You just hear us shouting from the other room. We'll, we'll like, we'll, yeah, we'll just shout. Racing, it's still recording. <laughs> um, uh, where we I can't wait. Here we go. F1's back, Reese. I'm so happy. You I can't think, see Alison's think... smile on my face. I don't show you my video anymore, but I'm very excited. I'm very excited. I think it's fair to say that the podcast has gone absolutely to to the dirt to since the producer's not here to keep us on track. Much better. You should see the amount of quality we've put in. I've got a background with cold boxes and stuff. I spent hours on that last week. Don't tell me it's rubbish. It's really good. See, I can't see it now. I can't see it now. You can't see it anyway. Huh. Yeah. Wait. What? (laughs) I don't know. Oh, you mean on the video? I don't know. Can we wrap this up? I feel like this is a podcast now. Yes. Yes. Let's wrap it up. Uh, Thank you very much for watching today. Um, It's been a pleasure. um, Oh, here we go. He's off again. No, I was going to say something that we should do in post-production, but there's no point everyone hearing this. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah. Bye. <laughs> Thank you very much for watching, uh, and we'll see you next week. I've been Tom. I've been producer Ruth. Au revoir. Bye.